0: uh no way because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play at wild rose casino and resort slots tables
1: sports and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card so let's play
0: wild rose casino and resort clinton right around 31 i'm meteorologist sean cable on the mighty 1630 kcjj Right now, it's 36. Hawk Fanatic
2: brought to you by Patrick Eads and his staff at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln on Mormon Trek. Great cars and a great service department. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. GT Car and crew at Suple Siding and Remodeling. Suple's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS. Her and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street. Downtown Iowa City, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, the Oxyoke Inn and the Amanas, Players Sports Bar and Grill downtown, Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Joining Pat Hardy from HawkFanatic.com,
3: he's back. He's He's, broke. He's broke. (laughs) We have three guests today. (laughs) (laughs) And two of them are going
4: to be good. (laughs) It's Tom Souter.
3: He's our one guest, Don Patterson, here in a few minutes, and then we'll have Fran from 10 to 10.30 talk about the matchup with Duke coming up on Tuesday, but also about Iowa partnering with the V Foundation. And I actually watched his speech the other night. They played it live before Iowa's game. and. Man, 29 years ago. Isn't that amazing? And it's, what's also amazing is Jimmy V used to be remembered largely for that tournament run that NC State made in 83, yes. just how probably yes. Now he's known. That's still there, but that's, when you think of Jimmy V, I don't think of that anymore. I think of the V Foundation. Absolutely. I'll be curious to get Fran's thoughts on that because that tournament run was incredible. I was a soft a freshman in college when they did that. I just fell in love with that team, and it just showed you that anything is possible. And then, sadly, 10 years later, he's dead. And he gave that speech. He was dead two months after he gave that speech. And um, Dick Vitale and Krzyzewski have said that he could barely walk up onto that stage. They had to practically carry him, but he was going to go up there.
4: And what a speech is Because he knew
3: that speech was going to kind of be his last impactful thing, and he knew what it was going to launch. And, boy, has he been right about that because of people like yeah. Fran and Dick Vitale and all the people that have – I mean, Dick Vitale has been huge. And he had cancer. He's now surviving. He's now – a cancer survivor right, as he, you are and,
2: and he's a decent man I and think. he
3: is a decent man he sometimes drives people crazy on his broadcast yes I, yes he does but well you know whatever he yeah. is a decent man <laughs> yes he is a very nice guy so yes. but also, yeah well
2: uh some trivia from uh, mikey g in the chat room we were talking earlier about mc Hammer. yeah uh basketball star iowa hawkeye basketball star jolette law Yes, yeah. was in MC Hammer's "Too Legit to Quit" video.
3: Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. Thanks, Mikey G. Yeah, I've got a trivia question that Dave Dickey had set up. Or uh, ask Andy and I am. I gotta find it because I'll be curious to see if you know this one, sooner. It's a okay. tough one, but there's an answer. And I originally I thought it was wrong. I thought for sure that Iowa played UConn in basketball, offered same offered first game on the same day that Ron Dane destroyed Iowa in football. But they were two days off.
4: I was going to say it's around the same time frame, but uh, I can't remember.
3: Really. Um, all right, I gotta, I'll find it. and then we'll, um, But the question one, when was the last time that Iowa – here we go. When was the last time that Iowa played football? Okay. Uh, anyway, this week's question. What was the last time the Iowa football and men's basketball teams played on the same day? And I right away thought of that day back in 99, but I wow. looked it up. And but were, that was two days off. Well, one, the media guide said the basketball, I believe, was 11-11 and football was 11-13. I was at the basketball game. I wasn't at the football game, obviously.
4: Well, oh, um, that's a good question. I, I, I don't – Okay, New Year's Day, answer.
3: 1997. The well, – okay, no, it's probably New Year's Day. It's got to be New Year's Day, 1998. Because it, the football team lost to Arizona State in the Sun Bowl, and the basketball team won at Indiana. The team that lost to Arizona State in the Sun Bowl was the 97 team, mm-hmm. Tim Dwight's team. So it would have been, and then, the, and then the basketball team won at Indiana. So that, I mean, wow. it obviously doesn't happen very often, but I for some reason thought for sure that Ron Dane, those games, but, but, but they were not. I mean, Alford's game, that was on a Thursday, of course, because Ron Dane was a Saturday. But yeah, but before we call, Don. Um, the,
4: the, the Wild West is, is uh, it's underway. Just,
3: it's... It's going to get annoying after a while. You know, I, mean, I mean, just every time you refresh Twitter, someone's yeah. coming or going and the the program wrecker's leaving and the savior's coming and it's just... It's, hell
2: this is turned around. I will
3: say, though, I was wrong about Cade McNamara. I was skeptical from the beginning. I didn't think it would happen. I didn't think it would happen, especially this quickly. I give the Iowa coaches credit. They, um, they came up with everything they needed to come up with NIL money and they have a great opportunity for a guy. I just—they better do some fixing around him. Because, in a hurry. I mean, Johnny Unitas in his prime couldn't do much for this offense. And the, there's two narratives going on with the fans right now. It seems like he's either the savior or God. He's just a backup. Why are we treating this like the moon landing? I've had both. Why can't we be in the middle? Well, keep in mind Johnny Unitas wasn't very mobile. Well, no, but he was really – I use him as a yeah. – I, mean, I mean, Cade McNamara is not Jameel Holloway no, either. No, he I is mean, not. I think some of these people are so desperate to cling on to hope for Iowa football, and I give them credit for being aggressive, for being proactive, and getting this guy. But I've Who seen that? tweets, and there's people in the media that are even suggesting this is it. We're set. And I, there's well, just so much more that needs to be done. They have four scholarship receivers right now. They have four wide receivers on scholarship right now.
4: My stance at this point is our offense was the worst in the country and change is good, blow it up and get people change in Change
3: is good if it's good changes. And I think this on paper is a it good be change. Worse? Um well, yeah, you could actually be worse. I mean, and there's, there's always ways to be there's always ways to be worse, but Have You heard this show? <laughs> but the, I have a lot of people say, well, look what he did at Michigan. He, let, he did, but he had Michigan's players yes, around. That's him. right. He didn't have what he's going to have at Iowa. And I'm not trying to be the Grim Reaper, but I just think we need to tone it down just a little well, bit. Well, why can't we, yeah, in the you middle In the middle. I don't think it's fair to say, well, God, all we got is Michigan's backup. Well, he wasn't. Yeah, he did lose. He was never going to play again for Michigan. Well, he Michigan was their got back. our
4: backup a few years ago. This is quid pro quo.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if McNamara can do what Rudolph did for Michigan, now again – Rudock had Michigan's players, and so that's the thing. I got to see what Iowa does. They can't be done in the portal. They have we to get have some, wide some big
4: construction to do. Oh, major, and big. they have
3: no other choice but to do it in the portal. That's correct. Kirk's doesn't have any other solutions right now. He's got to step out of his comfort zone, and he's got to continue to do this. But the fact that they were to Come up with some nil money, and everyone's like, "Well, that's separate from Kirk." No, that Kirk—they all work together, even though they technically don't. Right. The fact that they got some nil money, but for me, I, I think the nil money was important. But this was the opportunity at a Big Ten school. I don't think nil was the closing five hundred thousand or whatever it was. I don't think that was. And the it's cl- showing that
2: the you know he's willing to step out of his comfort zone because yeah. he knows yeah. he has
3: no choice right yeah. now. And this has nothing to do with whether they fire Brian or keep Brian. This is all they have to do. This stuff, regardless what they're going to do with their coordinator, now they have to get some receivers. Though. Okay, Karn, Karn,
2: is this Karn? No. Okay. okay. Oh, not. go ahead. I'm sorry. You go got, ahead. You got like uh, two and a half minutes.
5: Okay. Uh, I I thought the last time they played basketball and football was Iowa played Illinois
2: in basketball. And the same night they played Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl.
3: Yes, I don't remember. I, I It could be. That's the danger when doing a tribute. there
4: because it was Licklider still. Yeah, I, I don't
3: remember. I, uh, that's very possible. Very down. possible. Andy's good on this stuff. I mean, but anyone can make a mistake. I, I would
4: believe him. I was down at the Orange Bowl. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. know. I have no idea.
2: Anyway, guys, uh, real quick, Caden McNamara, he's got to be, he's at least, he's got to be a more accurate passer and a step up from, I guess, what
0: what we were throwing
3: out there? Oh, I would assume, I would agree with that. Yes, I'm not denying that. I just am not ready to anoint him as the savior. As the savior, fair football. enough. I mean, I think that's fair just enough. silly, and he wouldn't do that either. But there's so many people that are just clinging to hope, and you get on social media, and it's just I mean, I mean, it's just I mean. Some but of you're
4: right just, about the two different narratives out there. Half the people say, you know, that it's the end of Iowa football. We can't compete. ference is too, too much in, uh, you know, his head's in the sand and stuff. And then you've got other people. we got Cade McNamara. We're going to
3: win everything. Well, I've seen a bunch of tweets and some people in the media, too. I've seen this was the missing piece. We've got all the pieces we need now to contend. Well, to contend for a West Division title, they had that with what they had. Yes. But, um, but I, I, I don't. I'm guessing they're still probably not shaking their boots well, at all We need more we than just need one way piece. more than way more Well we, have we got Don on yes well let's start it's with that right now I'm Coach Don Stodd Patterson um how you doing Don a rare Friday appearance doing well Pat how are you I'm not bad let's before we go with the analytics for the championship game let's talk about all this portal stuff Arlen Bruce just announced that he has entered the portal. He did that about an hour, hour and a half ago. Not a surprise. He and Keegan Johnson was not a surprise. Pedia was not a surprise. So they're down to four scholarship receivers right now on the roster. One of them is Nico Reganey, who, if he decides to come back, it will be his seventh season of post-high school football. he does. Football, but they also have two high school receivers coming in, but you don't rely on true freshmen. So, Don, they have to get some receivers in the portal, right? It's that simple.
5: Yeah, and one thing I would, uh, would hope is that they don't overlook guys that appear to be a little bit short and yet they're still compelling because they're so athletic. Sure. All I gotta do is mention guys like Tim DeWight, um, Damon Gibson, yeah. Robert Smith. Those are all former running backs that we took because of their exceptional speed and quickness. Uh, and, and I, I just hope we don't get preoccupied with just recruiting guys that are taller, because let's face it, the shorter guys can score, too. Coach Fry famously once said, you never weigh your measure, a man, when he crosses the goal line. <laughs> and, of course, we got a lot of productivity out of those receivers. And other guys come to mind, too, like Rondell Moore, maybe. Harold Is Jasper. To think of.
3: I remember Harold Jasper. Oh, right? I loved Harold Jasper. Yeah, no, you're right, Don. That's a good point. And I think if, if Damon Gibson got, he would look so good, on this team right now and I think they're to the point they can't be real picky right now they because maybe I'm wrong Don I don't think they're going to get a power five receiver who's excelling at a power five school because if if that's the case I think if if they enter the portal they want something even bigger I think they're either going to get somebody from a lower level that's played well enough to where they want a bigger challenge or they're going to get somebody who's not content where they are at a power five school and they think they deserve a better chance I can't see some established power five receiver who's happy coming here. What kind of receiver do you think they're gonna get? What do you think's out there for them?
5: I just hope we think outside the box a little bit. We don't overlook a guy just because he's 5'9". Okay. Because if he's 5'9", and he plays and he runs like Tim Dwight, then I think that would be a good get.
3: Yeah, I think
4: he uh, agrees. Does Timmy got again, any... When
5: I, uh, I say that, I think he, We need somebody that can take the top off of the defense. I'll say it that way. And to do that, Uh, And just recently, we had a 6'5 commit. I don't even know anything about the young man. But the only concern I had as I read about him is he was – other sports were basketball and baseball. And I'm thinking, how do you recruit a receiver that doesn't run track? Because there are a lot of guys that claim to be 4'6 or 4'5. The best way to prove that you're 4'5 or 4'4 is to run track and excel at track. And if you don't run track, it's because you're not that fast. That's just that's just how I have known it to be through the years. Uh, I remember one time I was recruiting a guy and he's supposed to have good speed. And, and I said, uh, "How's he doing in track?" Oh, he doesn't run track. I said, "Oh really? How's he do, doing in baseball then?" Well, he's doing okay. How many of the stolen bases did he have? Uh, two. I'm thinking Tim Dwight would still second and third base if he played baseball. Uh, so again, you know, you got to have you got to have demonstrated speed. Uh, because that's one thing we're lacking. We can't scare. People aren't afraid to play man tight on us. You know, they're not afraid to get up in our face and challenge us from a receiver standpoint. And you need somebody that can scare the hell out of the opponent with how well they can run. Uh, and it helps if they're tall, but they don't have to be tall. If you're open, you're open. So,
3: Don, what do you mean by take the top off the defense? That's that's interesting.
5: Be able to run on, run down the field okay. faster than that defender can cover. Okay,
3: that's kind of what I thought, Tom. were you?
5: Yeah,
4: I was just going to say you you know Coach Ferentz real well, and obviously this portal is new for for all of the coaches out there, but especially for someone like Coach Ferentz who believes in de- developing players coming up through his system. To understand it and get better at it and grow with it, how hard is it for him to going to be to react to what the portal is?
5: I think uh, I think Kirk will be able to react. It's you know it is what it is. I mean you know we either get involved with the portal or we get left behind. I think uh, it's just hard. You know if you're losing players and and this year we're going to lose a few players, it looks like, then we better be bringing some in too as immediate replacements. Right. Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, signing more high school guys. I'm talking about getting some transfers that, that have some idea of how to play big-time football. And they don't have to come from a, a huge school, of course, uh, or a, a football powerhouse. You know, Charlie Jones is a prime example. You know, Charlie was at Buffalo. Nobody recruited him. We had a guy named Khalil Mack at Buffalo. Nobody offered him except at Buffalo. Think about that. How could Khalil Mack be overlooked? By everyone coming out of high school, Khalil was no more as a basketball player at that time. But we had the the good the good vision to recruit him for football. Um, so we need to we need to look under a lot of rocks and 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 go through all of our contacts, all of our leads. Uh, you know, we had a guy that came from a, a little tiny school up in Michigan that was a good player. Mm-hmm. uh the defensive lineman from a year ago. I yeah. can't recall his name. Zach, I'm Zach,
3: Zach Van Valkenburg
5: yes that's a good example you know you just got to do your homework and uh, he's a good example that we we are more than capable of doing that homework you know we took him when nobody else thought he was that worthwhile i guess i don't remember how many options he had uh charlie's another example we took charlie as a walk-on we could get him as a walk on mm-hmm. uh, isn't that amazing because he had a, had success at buffalo people still didn't offer him uh, what a steal for us to be able to recruit him as a walk on Let's not forget a guy years ago that I really liked a lot. Didn't get to coach him very long at all because it was toward the end of Coach Price 20 years at Iowa. Uh, his name was Kevin Casper. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Casper was a recruited walker. Mm-hmm. We projected that he would be a scholarship player. We didn't have a scholarship to give him at that time, but we, we at least showed the, the good judgment to bring him in and work with him, and, and he ends up being a great player for us. So they're out there. You just got to continue to look for them. And our guys have good judgment on who to recruit and who not to recruit. And my only request would be don't overlook a guy just because of lack of height. I don't think we'll do that. And the reason they say that is simply because Keegan Jones and Arlen Bruce weren't that tall either. But we, we certainly were glad we had them on our team mm-hmm. because they had more ability to make big plays than so many other players that are out there.
3: Well, I'm guessing, uh-huh. Kirk, I mean, McNamara had to have some assurance I mean, NIL is not – there had to be some assurance, Cade, we're going to make – not saying changes in how they go about their offense, but he has to believe that some help is coming in at receiver. I couldn't see him making this. Don't you think so? I mean –
5: Well, even maybe maybe a week or so ago, I said – at the time, I didn't have any idea that Cade would even stay in the Big Ten, but I I said one reason I like our chances, my guess is the competitor that Cade is, he would love to have a chance to play against Michigan next year. And one way to do that is to come to Iowa and help Iowa to get back to Indianapolis. Well,
3: yeah, that's the only way they would play uh, is if they yeah. played in the Big Ten Championship. I and mean, if that would happen, boy, Kate, I can only imagine he would be a legend in Iowa if he leads them back to the Big Ten Championship game. So, you know, I give Kirk credit. I mean, he's stepping out of his comfort zone. You know Kirk doesn't like using the portal. He would rather use players that he has developed. That's just how he is. But I think now he realizes he doesn't have a choice. They got the NIL stuff. They've got an opportunity now. Now they just have to get some receivers. I cannot remember a time when Iowa's ever had four scholarship receivers on the roster.
5: Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You know, just talking about the quarterback situation, uh, you know, hats off to our guys for being decisive. Uh, A lot of people, of course, if you say, uh, you know, I want to give you just a – 10 minutes to shop. You can pick out anything in the store, but you got to do it within 10 minutes. Some people would run out of time before they made a choice. So this is a case of us being decisive yes,
6: with aggressive. what we
5: want at quarterback. Uh, a lot of people say, well, can't we do better than than Cade McNamara? And Probably the not. Is, uh, uh, you, you can continue to look, but at the expense of losing Cade McNamara. Yeah. Here's one thing I like about Cade, and I think it's worth mentioning. Coach Fry used to say sometimes, you know, the, the amazing thing about recruiting, isn't it a funny thing about recruiting? Uh, the more excited our guys are about playing for Iowa, the better they seem to do. And there's a lot of truth to that. Motivation is so much a part of the equation. Uh, and let's face it, Cade McNamara, he wants to play at Iowa. He could have chopped around for a, a period of time and not even made a decision for another month. But he knew where he wanted to go to school. He wanted to go to Iowa, in part because we have a, uh, a great history of outstanding defense and outstanding kicking, and he's confident he can help our offense. And I, I do think he's right. I do think he will be able to help a lot. One of the things I like about Cade, I guess I would grudgingly admit that McCarthy must be a better overall uh, player at quarterback, but one of the things I like about Cade is that he – would fit the definition of what coach Friday used to refer to a good quarterback uh, you could call him a field general you know he ran the show last year for Michigan he did a good job doing it uh, and you know they might think that McCarthy's a better solution we'll never fully know I guess they, they early in the season of course they were giving them both opportunity. and then as I understand it he was injured that kind of made it an easy choice
3: but McCarthy was uh, clearly number one He had beat he had beaten him out and then Cade did get injured and had the surgery and whatever. Got a
5: stronger
4: arm, uh, a little more athletic. But I'm not
3: overly impressed with McCarthy either. I don't think he's head over heels. His stats are similar to what Cage were the year before. No, well, Cade's well, a proven winner. But, Don, the one difference, and I said this to Tom before he went in there, he won with Michigan players around him. Right. Really good Michigan players around him. That's not going to be happen at Iowa. He's not going to have near the supporting cast. So, But that doesn't mean he can't be successful. I, I'm i not saying he won't be successful, but it's going to be different. You know, when he goes and starts well, throwing yeah. his, Go
5: ahead. I'm, He's clearly prepared to embrace the challenge. Yes. And let's not forget, uh, Ted McNamara's committed is going to help us recruit other yes. guys. That's would, yes,
3: I would think so. That's why I would think he would maybe be reaching out to some receivers that he knows are maybe disgruntled or looking for a bigger opportunity. And, boy, is there ever an opportunity waiting for some competent receivers to come in. And like you said, Don, it doesn't matter. I, I think they should go for speed. Over. I think speed should be one of their biggest prerequisites that's because that seems to be what they lack so often at and then of course the offensive line's got to get better I mean way better way better and I'm not saying the port. you know I don't know if you go through the portal to try to find I think you're going to mostly have to develop your guys here so um I was just impressed with how quickly it happened Don they got the NIL they got everything together but my guess is McNamara has been thinking about this for a long time and I'm guessing he had a pretty idea when he announced that he was in the portal. What he wanted to do. This stuff, this stuff could have been going on a month ago. I mean, because I will say, once he entered, all the Michigan media people up there, they were pretty consistent, saying it looks like it's going to be Iowa. A bunch of them said that. Then after a while, you're like, okay, all these guys couldn't be wrong, and they weren't. They were right. And so yeah,
5: no. yeah, I, I do say too. It's you know, there's been a lot of comments by old teammates for that matter, writers that cover Michigan like you guys cover Iowa. Mm-hmm. And is there anybody that doesn't have so many nice things to say about Cade Magnum? No, you're right, just like uh, it would be if
3: it was Spencer Petras going somewhere. You're right, he's very respected by the media and the Michigan teammates. I noticed that, too. That's good. It seems like he would fit into Iowa's culture well.
5: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he's a cool operator. Coach Fry used to say that the quarterback is like the carburetor. In your car, if you if your carburetor's off, then your car's not going to run very well. And uh, you have to give Cade credit for doing a good job of running the Michigan offense. Uh, let's not forget; even a few short weeks ago, there are a number of Michigan fans that would would tell you they're frustrated with the fact that McCarthy can't seem to connect on a lot of those deep routes. Yes. Now he saw that he saw that against Ohio State. One, yeah. Um, and it's not hard to imagine that he's going to. Uh, torch Purdue uh, on on Saturday night, too, uh, but he's still got to do it. He still had not played in a conference championship game. Uh, yeah, he played well against Ohio State, better than he played in earlier games, uh, but he's still a young guy, and just for the sake of argument, if the game doesn't start well for Michigan, is it hard to imagine that that might really throw a, a wrench into the works, and is it hard to imagine that at some point McCarthy might not might not be performing like they expected
3: to. Well, I thought McCarthy also took advantage. Ohio State made it clear that they were trying to take away the run. They basically just gave Michigan the deep routes. They dared him to throw him single coverage, and Michigan burned him on those. He made those throws. But I'm still with you. I still don't think he's a great downfield passer yet. But I think there was a lot of pressure on Harbaugh to put the five-star guy in there. And he did what McNamara did. They both led him to, to division titles. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But, no, I just this was a spark that Iowa needed to offset all the guys leaving the program because if they didn't have McNamara right now and all these other guys, you imagine how gloomy it would be?
4: People would say the
3: wheels are, have come off. Yeah, people would now, but McNamara helps to offset that, at least the PR part of it right now.
5: Yeah, you always hear coaches talk about intangibles mm-hmm. uh, for a good reason. Uh, and let's face it, you know, McNamara's intangibles are really, really good. Uh, is there any doubt that he's a proven leader? Uh, everybody connected with Michigan football would tell you that last year he was a wonderful leader for that offense. Uh, didn't nobody would claim he had NFL ability at that point in time, but everybody would would uh, argue in his in his favor that he's a great leader. Uh, you need great leadership at quarterback. That's that's uh, an area where we can really benefit from Cage mm-hmm. experience.
3: Yes, and I think the fact that there are so few receivers and you're going to probably be getting some new receivers in. It's not like McNamara is going to have to come in and try to be a leader of a group that's been around together for four or five. I mean, this wide receiver group. And that haven't
4: done very well. That haven't
3: done very well. Yeah, he walks in with instant credibility where there's not a lot of that in the receiver room outside of Nico Organi if he returns for a seventh year. Um, There's people on Twitter saying that, He's supposedly leaning towards returning for – I mean, you got a 50-50 chance of being right on that. I, I don't know what I – mean, that would be his seventh year out of high school. Um, but Nico yeah. also is well, not going to
5: play in the NFL. Nico, too. You heard me brag on him the other day for how he played in, in game 12. Yeah,
3: no, he
6: played uh, really well. Because
5: he did. He, Yeah, he played uh, with fanatical effort. Uh, and and uh, I, I will admit, you know, I think I underestimated Nico from the early season because he simply wasn't very healthy in the early season. Yeah. Uh, you know, he looked more, he looked more average certainly than he did at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You could see with every, it seemed like almost every week, Nico appeared to be a little more explosive, a little more confident with how he could play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and against Nebraska, he really demonstrated. Uh, but he did in other games too. All those games in the late season, Nico was clearly wanting the football and, and had an idea of what to do with it after he got it too. Uh, my only regret is we didn't give him more shots down the field. Uh, But he was doing a lot with those underneath and intermediate throws after the catch. You know, he wasn't content just with catching a ball and getting tackles. He was working hard to find ways to make yards after the catch.
3: And um, Nico has that kind of experience that they need. And I think maybe McNamara, getting McNamara, shows Nico, yeah, maybe it's worth sticking around here for another year. Because maybe he was thinking, you know, i got one more year to play. I've got a long shot career in the NFL. I want to go somewhere else. But maybe this McNamara... Is enough to convince Nico? yep, stuff is happening here, because I don't. I'm Don. I don't think Kirk's going to change his offense. I don't think he's going to go through wholesale changes. I think they just need to get better personnel in here to try to run what Kirk wants to run, and we'll see. But how good can Cade McNamara be if they can't run the ball next year? If they average 97 yards rushing like they did this year, how good can he be?
5: Well, you know, obviously that'll hamper our our uh, ability to put points up on offense. Uh, but let's face it, and we've, heard, we've had some fans make this comment, and they really are correct with what they say. Can you imagine where we'd be if our offense was just in the middle of the pack?
3: Yeah, they'd
6: Among, be in the West. Exactly. Among be,
5: FBS we, programs. We don't, have to, we don't have to be a top-20 offense. No, just average. It'd be nice if we could be in the middle of the pack because uh, we're still going to play good defense. We can still win the Iowa way just with a more productive offense. It's not hard to imagine no. that we can be more productive next year than what we were this year.
3: My concern though is I don't think you can be in the middle of the pack if you average ninety seven yards rushing. No, you can't. I mean I guess they could average three hundred passing, but we'll see. I don't want to be the gri I like I said, I think this is a positive step forward for Hawkeye football at a tough time. I don't want to make too much of it, but I also don't want to dismiss it or belittle it either. I think it's it's a worthy accomplishment for the Iowa coaches, for the Iowa NIL people to have come together so quickly to make this thing work. Because I'm guessing McNamara had a few other options. I'm not saying he was number one on everybody's. But, Don, he had to have had a few more options, don't you think?
5: Well, it just depends on how far and wide he wants to look. You know, obviously, he uh, he's a... Um... Very, very comfortable with the idea of playing in the Big Ten. Yes. Uh, let's face it. Uh, really, right now, a lot of people would tell you there are, there are two super conferences, uh, and the rest are also ran to some degree. And thankfully, the Big Ten is one of them. It's the Big Ten and the SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are
6: the
5: those are the conferences that right now are commanding the most money from a TV standpoint. That have the best viewership. Um, you know, that have a proud tradition of football that goes back a hundred years and more. Uh, all those things are in favor for the Big Ten and the SEC. That gives them a little more credibility than the other three Power Five conferences. So um, I'm sure that had something to do with it. He he realizes what a wonderful opportunity it is to play in the Big Ten, to play on such a huge stage. And some of those other programs, even if you wanted to consider going to some of those other conferences, the stage simply isn't as big. Uh, so he wants the chance to play in front of huge crowds and a a huge TV audience, uh, because that's what Big Ten football is.
4: Well, speaking of huge audiences, I I don't know how big the audience will be for Michigan and Purdue coming up, but it's still, it's a big game, and it's for the Big Ten championship. Uh, I imagine you have spent a fair amount of time looking at the analytics for the upcoming Big Ten championship game, What what are you
3: seeing? And Blake Corum not
4: playing. And And Blake Corum not playing.
5: This is one time I don't mind sharing all the analytics with our listeners because let's face it, I was not involved. So, uh, you know, I just, I just want a great football game to see. So I'll talk specifically about what they all are. Uh, you know, I, you know, the drill. I looked at all nine conference games that each of them played. And then I looked at them all from a standpoint of 25 different parameters. And what I'm hoping to find are the parameters that are 100% reliable in predicting a winner. In the case of Michigan, there were four of them. Uh, And so let's talk about what they are. Uh, Michigan won total offense in all nine games. Of course, they won all nine games. They also outrushed their opponent in all nine games. They also had more rushing attempts in all nine games. And they also had an edge on defensive sacks. In only six games, there were three ties. But in all six games where they had an edge on sacks, they won those games, obviously, too. So four parameters that are 100%. The obvious question, can Purdue win any of those four parameters? Uh, I don't think they have any chance to outrush Michigan, not not realistically. Just to give you an idea, Michigan on average outrush their opponents by 160 yards. It's 246 wow. yards rushing to 86. Uh, so that's not going to happen, and it doesn't have to happen. Purdue doesn't need to outrush Michigan, but it needs to be some. it needs to be at least double-digit. Separation, You know, something less than 100 yards. If they can only get outrushed by 60 yards, then they're in pretty good shape. Because it means they've got some semblance of a rushing game to complement their passing game. So they're not going to outrush Michigan. I'm coming and saying that. They'll have fewer rushing attempts than Michigan. On the other hand, they might win on sacks. Uh, that's a possibility. And they certainly have a chance to win on total offense. Now, that's going to be difficult, too, because Michigan's offense is... Good on both run and pass. So that's going to be a challenge. And as you know, Purdue's defense is not in the same category as Iowa's. It's something less than Iowa's. It's it's solid, but not great. Not as good as ours. Not as good as Illinois. Uh, both teams, of course, gave Michigan's offense some problems in the game. So that's going to be hard for them to win those things. Let's talk about what Purdue might be able to get done. Uh, turnover margin. Uh, Purdue's, the team that won on turnovers won five out of six Purdue games, whether it was Purdue, Purdue or the opponent. So winning on turnovers in general produced a win in involving all the Purdue games. Believe it or not, Michigan only, only um, won on turnovers in three out of nine games. Um, the opponent won twice on turnovers, so as a result of that, that means three of the five times the team won Michigan on turnovers in the Michigan games, they won the game. Uh, But there's six other games where Michigan did not win on turnovers. Uh, Twice they won, the opponent only won twice. There were four ties, obviously. Um, So here's the thing that's interesting to me. Turnover margin, if you you simply look at that, uh, that's a possibility that Purdue can win. I think they have to. Here's what I said for a chance to beat Michigan. Purdue has to play turnover free or close to it. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't have to be zero turnovers. That's a lot to ask. Because let's face it, they throw the ball on average 41 times a game. Uh, And Michigan's only generated 13 turnovers in 12 games. So they haven't been as ball-harking a team as you might expect. Uh, The bad news for Purdue fans, 10 of those 13 turnovers were interceptions. So they haven't done a good job of forcing fumbles. Uh, They've done an okay job intercepting passes. So, um... Purdue's going to throw it. We know that. So there's going to be opportunities for interceptions. But what's critical from Purdue's standpoint is they they're careful not to throw it to throw it to the bad guys. Uh, here's an intriguing aspect of it. Uh, Michigan actually fumbled 12 times this year in 12 games. Once a game they fumble, they only lost three of them. You got to be a little bit lucky to only lose three out of 12. Statistically, if you fumble however many times you fumble statistically if you fumble on offense you lose the ball a little more than half the time and that would make sense to you because when the ball comes out uh, how many eyes are on the football well defense has a lot of eyes on the football offense not so many so in general if you fumble the ball on offense you do lose the ball more than half the time Michigan's been a little bit lucky they've only lost three out of 12. that luck for Purdue to win that luck needs to change Purdue needs to find a way to at least have an edge on turnovers. And the easy way, of course, is to not turn it over yourself. That's going to be a lot to ask, but maybe may a good scenario if somehow Purdue would just lose the ball once <clears throat> and Michigan would lose it two or three times, uh, or better yet, three and four times. You know, Hopefully, it somehow Purdue's plus two on turnovers. That would give them a chance. Number two, they win the battle of field position. When you look at all those Purdue games, the team that has won on field position – has won eight out of nine times. Uh, and even in Michigan's case, if you won on field position, you won seven out of those nine games. That means Michigan was beaten twice on field position, and that gives gives them a better chance uh, to win the game, obviously, if if Purdue can win on field position. Uh, so that's a possibility. I think Purdue has a chance to do that. Purdue does have a decent uh, putting game. Mm-hmm. And that punting has been decent, uh, as has Michigan's. Uh, one place where they could roll the dice is give Charlie Jones a chance to return kicks and punts. Uh, that's really a, a little bit of a wishful prop, a little bit of a dangerous proposition, because obviously you're, there's a possibility you're going to be injured in returning kicks. Uh, of course proven what's kick happened. Returner. I don't know if you want to take that risk or not, because I do think that Charlie has to be very involved in the offense. So let's right now acknowledge they're probably not going to put him back on kickoff. I wouldn't think so. Probably have him back on punt just because he's such a reliable He does a player. lot of
3: fair catching for Purdue
5: punt-wise because yeah. I think they but use he, him
3: so much at receiver. Iowa didn't use him much at receiver. So, I, right. I think, so
5: obviously he was a bigger threat in the return game because yeah. we gave him a chance to run.
3: Yes, whereas I think Purdue's uh, telling him to be careful.
5: Yeah, I think they have to be careful with him because he's such an important commodity on offense. Other ways for, for Purdue to somehow pull this off, they have to limit big plays by Michigan. Now, that's hard to do because Michigan proved against, against Ohio State. And let's just go back one year to the, to the Iowa game uh, in Indianapolis. I'll remind you now, Michigan ran four exotics for 159 yards in that game. I will guarantee you that Michigan's going to have a trick play or two or three or maybe even four that are available to them uh, to run against Purdue. Uh, let's not forget, last Saturday against Ohio State, they ran uh, an unusual halfback pass because a lot of halfback passes, you run to the perimeter of the off, of the offense and then throw the ball. But you saw Michigan run a, a big back up into the line of scrimmage. Who hardly the last played. Season, he pulls up, he jumps up, and he throws the ball over the defense. Yeah, and that re- In the red zone, of course. So, again, you know, Michigan's going to have some trick plays, I promise you. I give Jim Harbaugh credit. He understands the value of trick plays. I think he might have heard something from Hayden about that. Well, and I think
3: Donovan Donovan Edwards might be better at doing these trick plays. I don't think he's a better running back than Blake Corum, but I think he's a better receiver. I'll
5: tell you you what he is. He's ever been as good of a home run hitter. Yeah, I think he's a better
3: home run hitter. I don't think he's as good at moving the chains for – five seven eight if you turn into that type of game but i'm not sure if purdue can turn that if i'm michigan i'd rather have blake Coram against a defense like iowa than donovan edwards but against purdue i don't know maybe donovan edwards but they're going to obviously miss blake Corm he's one of the best running backs in the country
5: but they're lucky they got you a know, great back after we played michigan even after we played michigan you might remember i said this that i said i like blake Coram a lot but i like donovan edwards too oh i do too they they're have just very different backs. Similar running styles they're very patient runners you know, you'll see them. They'll get the ball. They'll be in the backfield. They'll be, they'll be under control with the ball because they're they're waiting to decide which seam they're going to hit. Yeah, I, and I think uh, Edwards
3: is more explosive, and he's a better receiver.
5: Yeah. So uh, now I will admit this. You know, when you've got a one-two punch of Coram and Edwards, you really got something. Mm-hmm. But let's just not forget, it is going to be indoors. It's going to be warm. Uh, it is possible that that uh, Donovan Edwards is going to run out of gas a little bit because they're going to run him a lot, uh, but they don't have the luxury of playing both those backs. The next back is not as good. No. Uh, Number forty. Forty one. Forty one, it was forty one, yeah. Yeah. Number forty one, whoever he is.
3: And if uh, gash
5: and if gash if Purdue yeah, don't can, get me wrong, he's still a good back, but he's not in the same category, I think, as the other two. And if Purdue can turn it into a physical
3: game, which I'm not sure they could, I would rather have Blake Coram in a physical game that's being you know, where the change are moving with four and five yard carries. If Purdue can t- create that type of Game Don, I think their Michigan will miss Corum. I'm just not sure they can though, so we'll see.
5: I I'm, think you're right. I, th- I would give Quorum an edge on Edwards in terms of toughness. Yes, terms of toughness. Just the way he runs Getting between the, the tackles.
6: Yards. Yeah, yeah. So
5: yeah, uh, uh, and don't get me wrong, Edwards is still a great back. Oh, I. Uh, but yeah. I don't think he's got quite. He's not quite as much of a of a in the mold of Mo. Well, does this make Minnesota. sense, Don?
3: I mean, Edwards was more Tavian Banks. corm's more. Um, Cedric Shaw, even though they're not the same style, Edwards is more yeah, of a space guy. I think
5: that's guy. a pretty good analogy. Yeah. 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 Tatum was a little more of a finesse runner. You can win and with I both. I think that's true of, of Donovan Edwards. Yeah. Uh, here's here's a couple other things that has to get done for Purdue to win, uh, and it kind of I've already kind of touched on it. They need to keep forcing Michigan to respect their running game. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to to force Michigan if if Michigan's front four does not have to be concerned about the run. If they're if they're in tee off mode all the time, if they're in pass rush pass rush mode all the time, that presents problems for Purdue. So uh, Jeff Rom knows this. He doesn't have to outrush Michigan, but he's gotta at least be a threat to run the ball a fair amount of the, a fair amount of time. Um, other things that come to mind for me, Charlie Jones has to have a big game, and if it's not Charlie, the most logical person is Payne Durham the tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Charlie Dunn, I got I a question for you. Both those it. guys have big games. One thing you can bet on about about Purdue's offense: those guys are going to be given a chance to have big games. They're going to be targeted a lot, sure, yeah, because that's their best chance to win. As you guys know, that Purdue's actually upset three teams over the last four years. Three, I should say, three Big Ten teams that were ranked in the top five. We were one of them, of uh-huh. course. Yep. We were number two when they beat us twenty-four to seven in Chinnage. And uh, how did they do it? Uh, one recurring theme in all in all three of those games is that Purdue receiver went off with a bunch of yards, like uh, maybe 200 yards. Yeah, plus. David Bell. Yep. Uh, yeah, David Bell comes to mind, and then and then uh, against Michigan State last year it was somebody else, I think. Can't yeah, I not remember re- who it was. I don't remember the name. Don, speaking, was... of,
3: speaking of the Purdue receivers, Charlie Jones led the league in receiving yards, catches, and touchdown catches, but was not named the receiver of the year. It went to Harrison from Ohio State, who's clearly a better NFL prospect. But did that surprise you that Charlie didn't win it, even though he won all the stats? Um,
5: you know, uh, uh, look, sometimes those awards, to some degree, they go to guys that play on the best teams. Yeah, that could be. Uh, yeah, so the fact, I, I realize Purdue's representing the West, but they're not nationally ranked, and and it's uh, easy for guys to vote for the guys that play. And Harrison is really um, good.
3: But he's not playing for he the Big is. Ten Champions. No, yeah. he's not, and he doesn't have Charlie Stats. No. so But no, you're right, those awards are so subjective. So, Don, what's your gut, I mean, do you think, you give Purdue a chance before we wrap up? Do you give Purdue a chance on Saturday?
5: They have a chance, but it's certainly not, it's certainly not a big one. If, uh, if I was a betting man, I know who I'd take to win the game. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, you know, the stars have to be aligned just right. Okay. You know, we put quite a few requirements on Purdue. You got to find a way to be even or better on turnovers. You got to win field position. You got to limit big plays by Michigan. You got to force Michigan to respect your running game. Keep them honest, at mm-hmm. least. Uh, Charlie andor Payne Durham have to have big games. Uh, here's another one. You got to find a way to be at least even on sacks. Because if you lose on sacks, you probably lose the game. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, incidentally, for the season, is plus 19. Purdue is plus 8 on sacks. But let's understand right now, too, Michigan's stats are a little bit inflated. Let's not forget, they had such a soft non-converged schedule. Good point. That yeah. They really ran roughshod over those teams. Hawaii,
3: Colorado State, and uh, one other really bad opponent. You're right. UConn,
5: I believe. UConn,
3: you're right. Yeah, UConn.
5: Yeah, all of which were played in the big house. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that. Uh, well, Iowa was their first road games. game.
6: The Iowa game was yeah, their first, and exactly. I think they struggled
5: at times. So, so. Um, so here, here, go ahead. Those come to mind. Let me mention one other thing that has to happen. I know there's a lot of a lot of uh, requirements here for Purdue to win the game, but truthfully, if if it's not acknowledged, then I think they're going to have a hard time winning it. Uh, here's another challenge for Purdue, but it's a challenge I think they can meet. They need to develop a game plan that's better than Michigan's. Now, I think I think they can get that done because I've always given Purdue staff credit for being good at what they do. I'm talking about especially on offense. So, uh, if um, if he if he comes through like I think he will, uh, their head football coach is going to have a really good plan to attack Michigan, and that's what it's going to take. Uh, They need to be able to say that after the game that they also out-coached Michigan. That's not going to be easy because Michigan staff did a good job in all kinds of games. Let me give you an idea of how dominant they've been. You've always heard me talk about the most important parameters. I just went back and looked at the top ten parameters in all nine Michigan games. Michigan, on average, won eight of those top ten parameters in all those games. In so many cases, they won nine or ten out of the top ten parameters. That's how they win. Uh, can you still hear me, guys? Oh, yeah. you bet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Uh, let me give you another example. You've heard me talk about the, the prediction model that I uh, came up with, you mm-hmm. know, to pick the winner. Uh-huh. And it, it's it's very, very reliable. This year right now it's 93% reliable. Last year it was 95% reliable. The prediction model involves four parameters that are in those top 10 parameters. And is it any surprise that Michigan, on average, has won at least three of those four? Not at all. Uh, in all these games, that's why they've won. Mm-hmm. They've not only <clears throat> won more parameters than the opponent, they've won the the ones that matter the most. Uh, so that's the challenge. And I don't mind. I don't mind telling you, turnover margin is one of those four parameters. Sure, so that's why so. it's critical. Somehow, some way, uh, Purdue needs to win on turnovers. I'll give them a chance.
3: It'll it'll be you know that the Big Ten's worried about the game being a rout. I would think, I and I should be. I'm wondering, like most of the Iowa fans I talk to, they couldn't care. I just don't, I don't think there's a lot of interest outside of the two schools. But that was probably the way it was last year too. But it'll be interesting to see. I look forward to watching it, Tom. We got.
4: I, I look forward to watching it as well, Coach. We appreciate you joining us, and and maybe, we'll do it again. We'll do it again bet.
3: before the season's over. And I'm guessing Don, before we'll do it before the bowl game, and we'll do it. Maybe we'll do one after the bowl game, but I, it'll be interesting to see the next time we have you on how different Iowa's roster looks. I mean, because by... Yeah,
5: we're saying, you're right about that. Next, next, um, what is today? Today is Monday, isn't it? Today is Friday. Friday. thing. Today's Friday, my <laughs> gosh. I'm all messed up. I'm talking to you guys, so it must be Monday. That's Yeah, right. exactly. No, this was a
3: rare Friday appearance, but we'll we'll do this again as we get closer to the bowl game. And well, we can do this next Monday after we get the. Do you want to do? Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll if do that, another show on Monday forward. once because we're going to have the Sunday press conference with the team, and we'll we'll talk about the bull stuff. And I'm guessing by then they may have new nine new receivers on the roster by then. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the one
5: thing I can promise you is next Monday I will not have any analytics finalized for the. For okay, the we, we won't expect that.
3: We'll give you more time than that, Donnie. We we'll, we appreciate Thanks, you coming coach. on, Coach, and enjoy the weekend. And we'll talk to you on
5: Monday. That sounds great. Look forward right. to it, guys. All right. Thank you, yeah, Donnie. Right. Now, yeah, yep. we'll take
3: a break now. And then fr- I believe yeah. Fran's calling in here around 10. That's usually okay. how they do it. All righty. We'll be right back.
4: 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. one
7: 800
4: 800, 800 rose it's so easy just remember one number 1-800-800-ROSE your FTD florist 1-800-800-ROSE
7: remember just about the time willa dickens began as a watchmaker at her Tin and stocker jewelers a romantic notion was blooming in 1940s america the idea that a diamond like love itself is precious and lasting more than ever before, proposals began including twinkling rings in velvet-lined Hertine & Stocker boxes. Decades of engagements and countless shimmering rings later, happy, nervous hands are still accepting these promises of always from Hertine & Stocker. The designs are always modern and fresh, but the service is still as exceptional as it was in those very early days. Perhaps that rare blend of past and present is the reason Hertine & Stocker has been voted Best Jewelry Store in Iowa City eight years running. Stop and see what's sparkling in those famous windows at Hertine & Stocker Jewelers, corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City. Then step inside and say hi to Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of them is always there.
4: Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today.
1: Hi, this is Jill Sterner with Sterner Taxidermy in Lone tree it's hunting season again and i'm inviting all of you hunters to follow us on our facebook page you can view dirk's award-winning artistry his workmanship that he completes with each individual piece we can be reached at 319-330-1774 again 319-330-1774
0: Downtown Iowa City's best new restaurant and bar is Players' Sports Bar and Grill. From Big Burger Mondays, Tex-Mex Tacos, and a variety of soups, salads, and vegetarian options as well. Players' Sports Bar and Grill also features their famous Chicago Dog and the Iowa Dog, an all-beef bacon-wrapped hot dog smothered in corn relish, bacon, and ranch. Located at 219 Iowa Avenue... Players Sports Bar and Grill has both socially distanced dine-in and carry-out through Chomp Delivery. Daily deals and full menu options are on the website, playersic.com, or place an order at 319-800-2199. That's 319-800-2199. Players Sports Bar and Grill, great food, craft cocktails, and the ultimate place to watch your favorite sporting events. There's a problem here in eastern Iowa. There's not enough Hawkeye fans. I mean, really, shouldn't everybody be a Hawkeye fan? Well, maybe not, but you should be a fan of my team at Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson, and my team of experts at Hawkeye Title and Settlement know what they're doing. Call us at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. It's that wonderful holiday
2: time of the year, moments of eating too much, spending time with family, or in some cases maybe trying to avoid family. However you choose to celebrate, the Diamond Dental team, Dr. Forbes, Kate, Michelle, and Crystal, would like to wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe holiday. Here is hoping you enjoy every minute of this joyous time of the year. Rest assured, Diamond Dental is here providing superior care for your entire family during the holiday season
8: and all year long. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Visit sales at soupbles.net or call 337-2246.
0: This is Patrick Eads, owner of Geary Brothers Lincoln in Iowa City. Let me tell you why right now is an absolute great time to buy a new Lincoln. Custom order the exact vehicle you want from interior and exterior colors and a full range of equipment content. Your vehicle, your way. Plus, with an unusually high used car market, trading values are more now than we've ever seen before. Stop by Geary Brothers Lincoln at Highway 1 in Mormon Trek, Iowa City.
8: Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Akshok Inn. Especially now, all of us need a little comfort. The Akshok has been offering comfort for over 80 years. From our signature recipes, quality of food and family style service to historical ambiance, a return to the Akshok is like a warm hug with lunch, dinner and banquets daily. You can still order curbside carryout including our famous pies to go. And take the comforting taste of the Aksjok home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxiokin.com for hours, menus, reservations, weekly specials, and gift cards. From our family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyokin in the heart of a The
6: Aksjokin
0: the Hurting and Stalker studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City.
6: Herteen and making memories, making memories.
0: A little sunshine this morning, becoming mostly cloudy by this afternoon. It's going to be windy today with a high of 53. The wind out of the south at 15 to 25, gusting to between 35 and 40 today. Tonight, to even windier and becoming cold, mostly clear. Our low down to 19, the wind northwest gusting to between 40 and 50. Tomorrow, sunny, colder, and not as windy with a high right around 31. i meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 36. KCJJ weather. Brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum
1: Supply, kitchens and
6: baths.
2: Your home never looks so beautiful.
4: Harkfanatic.com is back. It's back.
3: With a vengeance. No Venge- portal here, by God. No. I've heard that Molly's yeah. considering entering the You're portal. Yeah, entering the portal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wants to go work for KXIC. <laughs> I think she wants to go work for Bromel Camp is what I'm hearing. She <laughs> wants to feel more appreciated.
4: <laughs> yeah. We got to listen to Molly last night on the way back from Des Moines.
3: Yeah, Yeah. But this um, receiver from Alabama, his name is Trayshawn Holden. He's in the portal, and Iowa media are following him, and he is supposedly interested in Iowa, and Cade McNamara, I guess, is trying to get him here. And the fact that he was at Alabama and a former four-star recruit – my guess is if he walked into the Iowa receiver room right now, he'd probably be their most athletic receiver, don't you think?
4: I think that's safe to
3: say. And so, yeah, his name's Treshawn Holdens. For all you Iowa fans, get on Twitter, follow him, and start begging him to be on. Giving him host. some Iowa love. But, but I did look. There's two or three Iowa media people that are already following him. So that's what this this portal stuff is going to be just. Some of the people that love it. They just love it.
4: Well, as soon as any some people see that an Iowa coach is following a guy, oh, there's interest. You know, he's coming. Yep,
3: there's that. And sometimes you're going to be right. And the, sometimes Mac, the McNamara right. stuff, I will give yep. those people credit. The um, the ones that were latched onto it right from the beginning, they obviously knew something because he ended up coming here. And he didn't spend much time, I don't think, looking at other schools because this happened in a matter of about 48, 72 hours since he declared. Now, he could have been doing stuff behind the scenes. We know that. But he didn't really enter the portal, though, until, was it Monday or Tuesday? It was, well, this week. Yeah. This week when all these guys and um, I saw some Michigan fans are saying, well, he should have stuck with the Michigan team as a captain for the end. No, he shouldn't have. You got to do what's best for you at some point. You know, he's given his heart and soul to Michigan football. He got beat out. Probably wasn't thrilled with how he got beat out. Not many guys win a Big Ten championship and lead their team to the playoff and then get beat out by a guy who played behind you the year before. I mean, so my guess is there might even be a little, I'm not saying he's bitter about what happened at Michigan, but he can't be happy. He can't be happy,
4: and uh, if we do tee it up against Michigan next year in the Big Ten championship, I would look for Cade McNamara to have an extra bounce in his step.
3: Would you pick Iowa to win?
4: Well, let's see if we have any receivers and an
3: offensive line. Would you pick Iowa to win? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I probably wouldn't, but uh, who knows? I mean, uh, that's a long way off. It it certainly is. Good morning.
9: Yeah, this is uh, Fran. Hey, Fran, how you doing?
3: This is Pat Hardy.
4: And Tom Suter, nice to hear from you, Coach. What's up, guys?
3: Oh, actually, a lot with the transfer portal. I mean, football, basketball, you know, life in the portal, life is never going to be the same again. You've said that many times before. you got to learn to live with it, right? Oh,
9: um, Yeah, exactly. It's, its you know, when the, when the rules change. Think, think about since you and I first started, you know, having interest in, in basketball. It's, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. How many rule changes there have been and how it's changed the game, whether it be on the court or in recruiting, You know, TV changed everything. Uh, You know, rule changes. Uh, When you think about, we were talking the other day when we played Georgia Tech, they're running that Princeton stuff, Mm -hmm. which is hard to guard. But, you know, when I was guarding it literally against Princeton back when I was playing, there was no shot clock. Yeah. So (laughs) you were guarding that stuff for two and a half, three, three and a half minutes. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and and so you, you adjust. You know, the portal is going to change recruiting forever. Uh, the, 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 the the good news, I guess, is, you know, when you lose a guy, you can get a guy. Yeah. It, you know, like you can fill your roster. It, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. We've seen it work. We've seen it not work. But I can't tell you the number of teams that we've played uh, and, and studied that have like 11 new guys yeah uh, and, and, and like that would that would never happen before well, you know we, we scrimmaged, we scrimmaged uh, Missouri Kansas City they had eight foreign players, all freshmen they had a bunch of transfers they had a brand new team. we played them two years ago. Uh, actually we played them last year mm-hmm. and their best player now is 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 the leading scorer at New Mexico. <laughs> well, dude. so that, that's, the, that's the world we live in, and, and so you adjust. Uh, you know what we've tried to do is recruit good kids and develop them and keep them here. We've been pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. we've lost some guys, uh, and we you know we signed obviously Philip was a, a phenomenal addition. Uh, but the, the, the negative side, as you both know, is some guys put their name in the portal. For one reason, and one reason only, is to shop themselves for money. Sure, and that's yeah. not what. And, and that's not what this was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an opportunity for student athletes to move if they felt like they could better themselves without sitting out. And they they called it a transfer penalty. Now we've said this before on your show. I never viewed it as a penalty. A penalty means you can't play and you lose that year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. As long as you maintain the same amount of eligibility, it's not a penalty. It's actually a bonus because you get an extra year of education, an extra year of coaching, an extra year of Adjusting. of strength and conditioning, and you learn the system before you have to go in there and play. So, uh but apparently, you know, everybody got hung up on, well, they don't do it in other sports, so you can't do it in football and basketball. Well, there's a lot of things happen in football and basketball that don't happen in other sports. That is true. Yeah. But, uh, so that's where we're at.
4: Well, in speaking to the uh, roster turnover and stuff, looking at the Big Ten rosters this year before the season, it was like, uh, who are all these people?
9: Well, yeah, there's a lot of people back. Some people graduated, went to the pros. Some people transferred. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you look at uh, Purdue, uh, you think about how well they're playing. They might be playing better than anybody in the country. Yeah, right now. yeah. they might be. Yeah. You're right. I don't know if there's anybody better than Purdue. And they lost all their guards. <laughs> Jade Nivey went five in the draft, and the others transferred. One of them's killing it at Florida Gulf Coast playing for Pat Chambers, Isaiah Thompson, really good player. And he's got freshmen that are just phenomenal, making shots, making plays. Uh, he's got guys in different roles. Everybody's buying in, and and so that's what you have to do. If guys leave, you you, you replace them with good players. You know, we have spots. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of transferring mid year. Mm-hmm. That would be another thing. What you know? What if you had three guys going to portal? You know, December thirtieth. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can't replace them now. Now they can't play right away, so that's why a lot of guys don't do that. But if if, if that happened, you know, it, you know, you'd be up. Late, nice to be able to sign somebody who also went into the portal. But you know, I think it was the last year, guys, eighteen hundred names. I think
3: it was Yeah, yeah
6: I think
9: that's. We're on talking. our way to two thousand. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's, it's it's a big pool, and, and 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 what you have to be able to do, quite honestly, you know, it's one thing to evaluate talent you know you watch the guy on film you, you you can pull up clips on any game any any player but you know, if you recruit a guy for 2 weeks do you really know his character does he really fit and that's that's really important to us so we try to get to know the guys as best no, as we can Philip Bracha could not have been a better fit no you're right for our program it seems like on and off the court
3: yeah it seems like he does yeah. so well on and off the court friend
9: he's so mature mm-hmm. He's such a great locker room guy. He's an incredible worker. He's selfless. I mean, just wants to win. You know, he just just wants to win. You know, know, never like, hey, I need more shots. I need more touches. I need this. You know, you're not using me right. No. no. What do you need me to do, coach? Okay, got it. That's it.
3: No, he's been a great asset and he came yeah. to Iowa to play in the kind of games that are coming up this 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 coming yes, stretch. He did. Just talk about this coming stretch with Duke, what is Duke? What's Iowa State. Duke, Iowa
4: State and then uh, Wisconsin with the December I mean, This game, is yeah. why these
3: guys came to play for you, friend. These types of games on these types of stages.
9: Yeah, you know, we we, we had, you know, six power fives in a row. You know if you think about it, you know, two were back to back and then you come back and play the challenge game and then you go to New York. And that's a tough stretch because we've got the late game Tuesday and then Thursday night. And then Sunday, you know, we have Wisconsin. But again, you know, we talked about it before. You know, I put the schedule together for a reason. I thought this team could handle it. Uh, You know, I think we can. Obviously, at any time you put a schedule like that together, you want to stay healthy. That's Mm -hmm. the key to any season. Uh, You know, so you want to be healthy. and, And I think we have the maturity, the experience and the combination of youth and experience to handle it. I really like, you know, DeSante Bowen and Josh Dix are really good players. i got to get them more playing time. You know, we've got some veteran guys with Tony and Aaron and Connor and, and Peyton and Patrick and Chris and Phillip, obviously, you know, and, and, and Joshua Gundelay as well has been has been really good when I've, when I've gone to him. The other night was different. If you you know you watch that game, they were a small team. They basically played four guards mm-hmm. and a small five man. So it was not a game for him. We I mean, we you know we went with Connor and and, and Chris and Philip, in that in that capacity. But as the season goes on, we're going to need Bowen and Dix as well. To you know they both can score, and they both can play multiple positions, all at the guard position. But you know they both they all can play, you know one two and three. So you know it, it it's it's a tough stretch but like you said Pat it's what you sign up for you you come here to play on that on on that stage against those quality teams and and that's the fun of it at the end of the day
3: Fran has Pat, or not Pat, has Connor done anything to his shot i mean he's shooting so much better it doesn't look much different or is this just a 6 year senior who's really confident in the way he's playing right now because i believe he's blind. Well, you
9: know, he's had kind of a strange Career. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize this. His first year when he played, he didn't shoot many. No, he didn't. He played. He played backup point guard. You know, he, he helped us get back to. The, we we came off a bad year, so we were. That was the fourteen and nineteen years. Mm-hmm. So we he comes back. We beat uh, Cincinnati in the tournament and lost to Tennessee in overtime. He was a really good player on that team as a backup one. Then the next year, you know, we had to play him at. at at different positions because you know jack got hurt so uh you know he was uh an okay shooter i guess you'd say but it, but he shot decently he just didn't shoot that many either you know he's throwing the ball to Garza. he's throwing the ball at Wieskamp, camp he's throwing the ball at Bohannon when he was healthy you know that was his job description but uh you know he also now granted unless attempts but you know you say this and people think you're nuts uh, it was that year that, in, in the twenty Big Ten games, he shot better from three than Wieskamp. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Wow, I didn't yeah. realize that." Well, right. he did. Then the next year, he struggled. And then, so you remember, he had, he, had a, he had a tough shooting year. And then the next year after the hip surgery, he started slowly, but he finished in Big Ten play. He shot like thirty-eight or thirty-nine yeah, percent. Yeah, ended up shooting like thirty-five for the season. So okay, you know not Steph Curry numbers, but I mean anything over 33 is 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 good. That's you know that's uh, a 50% shooter from the field essentially. You know, so if you're a 35, you're above a 50% shooter and that's going to keep people honest. But you know he was smart enough to realize okay, yeah, I can make threes. He was a great three-point shooter in high school, he was. but we got the best post player in the league. We got the best three point shooter in the country, which was Joe Wieskamp two years ago, we got the guy who made the most threes other than JJ Redick in the history of college basketball. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a reason why we led the nation in, in assist turnover ratio. We had a lot of shot makers on that on those teams, but his numbers, you know, two out of those three years, were, you know, were 34, 35 percent for three, and last year he was on fire. So. You know, this year, I think he's taking good shots. He's shooting them with confidence. The only difference, Pat, is uh, he's playing basketball. I mean, he played basketball last year. He played basketball in the spring. He played basketball in the summer. He played basketball in the fall. And now he's mm-hmm. playing basketball again. He's never done that in his life. That's a good
3: point. So basketball only. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Basketball only.
9: Yeah. Man. Yeah. You know, he would go right to baseball. And then people don't realize, if you guys understand this, you know, here, you know, when our season would end, he'd go right to baseball, and then we would practice in the summer. But he'd play summer baseball, yeah. And then he'd play fall baseball, and he wouldn't practice with us. So he would he would join our team maybe two weeks or ten days before the season, and then he would go to baseball, and they've already played twenty games. Mm-hmm. So, like you could argue, like all right, that that probably didn't make much sense. You know, just go ahead and pick one and and try to be the best you could be at that. But he wanted to do both. He felt like he could do both. I really think he would have been a good baseball player for Rick had they not canceled the season during Covid. Mm-hmm. You know so he was playing really well. That team was playing really well. they they cancel it like ten games in. yep. So he never even got to play. And then the following year he had the double hip surgery, so he missed two years in a row. And then, he, you know, we talked about it before, but he tried to come back because he knew, you know, he had to try to get back to play. He was trying to get back for last year's team, and he just couldn't do it. And he talked to to Rick and to Marty and just said, like, I I really tried, but, it, you know, it was too fast. And that probably was the reason why he struggled at the start of the season last year, shooting the ball. Mm -hmm. He wasn't right. When he finally got healthy around Christmas time, he played great the rest of the year.
3: Well I mean it's been huge and if he can keep this up I mean it's going to be so big for the team cuz he does so many other things well and it was pretty neat for him after the I mean Patrick struggled a little bit from the field but um after the game he's out there working on his shot. I'm not worried about Patrick's offense. I mean I at all I I mean there's going to be nights but I Patrick has a scores mentality and there's going to be games where he comes through big for them. That's how I, I believe that, and I know you do too, Tom. I,
4: I do, and, and Coach, you mentioned how good, uh, you know, three-point shooting you were a few years ago with Jordan and with Joe Wieskamp. Uh, struggled a little bit from three so far this season, but yet you're sitting here at 6-1 and one with some really quality victories. If your shooters are off a little bit, do, you, do they just have to shoot their way out of it? Yeah, I mean,
9: we're you know, as a team, we're, you know, I mean, it's not awful. You know, I think I would look at this team and say we should be probably 36 or 37. So we're only a couple percentage points off as a team. You know, you look at Chris, you look at Connor, you look at Patrick, you look at Sanford, uh, Josh Dix, you know, DeSante. I mean, those guys can all make threes. Tony, Tony's been really good. Uh, He hasn't made a ton of threes, he hasn't shot a ton of threes. You know, Ulysses three balls better. So, you know, you lose Bohan and that's gonna be a big loss, you know, from three. But you know, like you said, and Garza and Wieskamp a couple years ago. I mean, they're three of the best three point shooters in the country. Luca was at forty four. Joe I think it was like forty eight or forty nine. Mm-hmm. You know, Bohan and you know, he's gonna make ninety one for you, <laughs> ninety one threes. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know that so, you know, our, our three-point shooting, you know, we, we we struggled the other night in the first half. We still made nine. You know, if you're up around 10, you got a shot. You know, you shoot three for 17 like we did against TCU, it's going to be hard to win. Sure.
3: Yeah. Okay, well, let's segue into the other reason we had you on today. Um, and we appreciate you coming on, Coach. We know you're really busy. But the V Foundation, Tom and I were talking before we went on this segment. It's been 29 years since Coach Valvano made that speech under unbelievable circumstances. And I was talking to Tom. I used to remember Jim Valvano mostly for that incredible run that NC State made in 83 when I was a freshman because I just latched onto that team. I loved it. Now when I think of Jim Valvano, I think of that speech and what he's done for cancer research over the last 30 years. I'll just let you take it from there, just the impact that he's had.
9: Well, I mean, it's one of the most memorable speeches Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in history in this country. And like you said, how it impacted the future of fundraising to fight cancer, but it wouldn't happen without Dick Vitale.
3: Good. Yeah, you're Dick
9: right. Vitale, if you remember, he and he he and Jim Valvano were partners. Mm-hmm. So it really affected Dick when when Jim passed, and he made a promise. I don't know if anybody else can do what Dick Vitale has done. Uh, the. The amount of money and his ability to get people to engage with him in this fight is 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 unprecedented. You know, I mean, I've been to his events in Florida. He has he has his, his gala every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, he'll he'll raise 11 million. Like that's who he gets in the room. Like you know, if you have an event. And you can raise $150,000 in one night. That's impressive. He's raising $11.5 million. Wow. You know, that it's just staggering what he does and the people that come. And when he asks you to participate, you say yes. I was on the phone with him this morning. You know, we're talking about the game, and he's going to be there Tuesday, obviously. And, of course, you know, he knows, you know, Patrick really well we you know we took Patrick and Austin Schrader to his events locally mm-hmm. uh, and and he actually it was two years ago we were at the gala uh, and Craig and Stacy Schrader were there uh, they named the grant after Austin so like when the, a lot of the money that we raise uh, is for clinical trials and you know grants for clinical trials
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
9: And that's how you figure out how to how to how to save people. You know, I think a lot of people think we're eventually going to find a, a cure for cancer, and we all hope we will. It's probably more likely that we will develop an array of treatment that enables you to live with cancer. Okay, like it may not eradicate it, but you won't necessarily die from it. And 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 that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a lot of people. And he's one of them, you know. He's he's had cancer, yeah. and he's living, you know. And you know, you look at Patrick. You know, there's a lot of people. You know, uh, you know, Kevin Lehman did the game the other night. Uh, you know, he's a cancer survivor. But but one, you know, it's it's tricky, guys, when you say, okay, so and so is cancer free. You, you sort of once you once you have been diagnosed and have had treatment. You pretty much live with that for the rest of your life. You know, you're you're getting picked and poked at and tests and, you know, looking at your levels, ultrasounds, blood work, physical exams. And that's a good thing because now you're on top of it. How Mm -hmm. many people have you heard of that you probably know that died of cancer? They went in and said it didn't feel good. Next thing you know, it's stage four. Nobody knew. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why it's so important that we... Have annual physicals. We get blood work done. Uh, you know, we have we get our skin checked. I mean, whatever whatever it is that might create an opportunity for early detection. If you get a, if you have early detection, you have a really good chance. But I had a buddy of mine from New Jersey, Timmy McDonald, and uh, he got cancer. I'm going to say 2014 2015. He was 56 years old, and the type of cancer that he had, the numbers said he has an 80% chance to live. I mean, he was at our Seton Hall game. He's coming Tuesday. He's probably run the New York Marathon. In 1980, if he had gotten the same cancer, he had an 80% chance of dying. Wow. So th- this is the impact of what Jim's speech and and what Dick Vitale did from there, uh, and then he just he engages people throughout the country, you know, like, like what we do locally. You know, it, it, a lot of that stuff started, you know, the coaches versus cancer program and and engaging all four division 1 programs in our state. When I was at Siena, all you know, we had two division 1 programs. We 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 fought together. When I was down in Greensboro Tobacco Road, we all fought together. You know, so it's 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 Something that I, you know, will continue to work hard with Margaret and with the folks here at the Holden Comprehensive Cancer Center. But it's something we all take great pride in. You know, I mean, we're doing a a, a CEOs versus Cancer program, our Suits and Sneakers Week. Jeff Disterhoff, you know, from Green State, mm-hmm. who's a dear friend. You know, he, you know, so so our job was to get get a hundred coaches to get hundred CEOs to partner together and put up five thousand dollars and we, we did a PSA together you know so you think about it there's five hundred thousand dollars that's two clinical trials I mean how many how many people are going to live because of those two clinical trials just for you know uh, organizing and putting something together like that uh, and and I mean I, it took Jeff distroft about one second to say yes, and he's going to be there with his family at the game Tuesday, as will Craig and Stacy Schrader. Uh, Margaret's going to an event with Sean McDonough uh, on Monday night where they're honoring and remembering Stuart Scott. Yeah. Uh, he, of course, you know, died of cancer. He also gave an incredibly heartwarming, yes, he did, memorable speech at
3: it. the Espies. Yeah, I heard it the other night so, again. Yeah.
9: Yeah you know and uh, uh, Patrick you know has that quote on his arm yep uh, tattooed on his arm so it's it's exciting to be part of it Uh, the fight will continue you know it doesn't end but uh, I just appreciate you guys giving us some time to talk about it and highlighting it and, and, and just getting getting the word out there you know and it if you can donate, wonderful. But if just listening to you and, and to me, you know, gets you to go get a mammogram or a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy,
4: yeah, exactly. Yep.
9: You, you know, like my dad was never sick a day. He got colon cancer and died. Had he had a colon colonoscopy, who knows how long he would sure. have lived. Yeah, nope, you're right about that. You know, but in those days, he didn't think about it. no. Right? You know, I feel like you didn't go to the doctor unless you were sick. You know, and with cancer, sometimes by the time it manifests itself, it's too late. Too late. Yep. And that that so that's the key to it all.
3: Well, we got Captain St- Steve. I mean, you want to join? I mean, you're you're you cancer.
2: You have to be your own advocate too, because um, I noticed a year and a half before uh, when I had uh, prostate cancer that. Things mm-hmm. were not right, but well, but I was sixty-five, and mm-hmm. I, uh, doctors kept telling me, "It's your age." Uh, finally, really? a year and a half later, I was stage three, and I I remember I had to leave here because I was in such pain, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Do so your body was telling about you. it. Yes. Yeah, it said. Yeah. It said this is it, and uh, because of research, I mean, my uncle had. It's in the family. And my uncle died when he was 70. Uh, and I, you know, the university and the Iowa City Cancer Center, I went through 44 uh, radiation treatments. And now I go in every six months, and they test me, and my PSA is down to near zero, and, yeah. and, I, God bless and you. I'm fine. Yeah. But, you,
3: know, you know, Fran, I wonder, when all that stuff happened with Patrick, how I remember you brought this up, and so is Margaret. Just how fortunate you guys felt to have the University of Iowa medical structure around you. how How key was that for you guys?
9: Well, it was huge because you know there there's multiple trips uh, to the hospital. But I don't know that everybody realizes uh, when you have a, when you have a comprehensive cancer center in your locale, what that means. It means we have access to everything, and we have the the greatest doctors, so you don't have to travel to Sloan-Kettering or St. Jude's. Mm-hmm. And I said this the other night. I remember, you know, I have such respect for Josh Pastner, the Georgia Tech coach, because he was coaching at Memphis at the time, and he called me out of the blue and said, hey, if you need me to help you get into St. Jude's, you know, it's done. Just, just give me a call. And that's the coaching fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but... We were were in such a good place here with the folks and the advice uh, and the availability of every possible type of diagnosis and treatment from there. So it's not like, okay, it gets diagnosed here, then you have to go somewhere else for an expert and then somewhere else for treatment. No, the experts are here, the treatment is here, the diagnosis is here and quite frankly the comfortability to know that you have the best of everything and that's why we you know when we've done our fundraising locally you know we we tell people that this money that, we, that that you are donating to our events stays right here and you know uh you know my good friend matt mauser uh whose son joe had leukemia and, and we became friends that he has a saying. He goes, "You never know when you're going to be the beneficiary of your own philanthropy." Yeah, because yeah. all of a sudden, you know, like I, I, I remember I gave a speech one time, and I said, "I've been to another number of events, you know, a lot of which were uh, coaches versus cancer functions, and people got up to speak. Now all of a sudden, I'm speaking about my son and our experience. You never know when that's going to be you." Mm-hmm. And, and to know that in this community we have such great access to everything uh, is, well, I can tell you, I mean, it, 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 how it makes you feel as parents, especially when it's your child sure. to know, cause I mean, you just want, you want the best, right? You want the best of everything and give him the best chance of, of living and having a, a joyful and productive life. And, and thankfully, you know, that worked, that worked for Patrick. Uh, it didn't work for Austin Schrader, but I can tell you watching the variety of things that, 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 they tried for him. He had an incredibly aggressive form and, and, and cancer is really tricky and it, it hides and it, it comes back and it reinvents itself. And, uh, boy, that kid fought. He sure did. And, and, uh, and our doctors fought. We tried this, we tried that, we tried this, and then, okay, we can try this. It'll extend his life a little bit. It might not save him, but he'll have more time, he'll have more time, you know, all of that kind of stuff with incredible compassion as well. So uh, I just, I can't say enough about, about you know what our experience was like, and I hope others don't have to go through it, but if you do, uh, you're in the right place.
3: Well, the work that you and Margaret have done has been incredible, and when she was honored um, on the court last season, I mean, that's as emotional as I've seen. It was such a strong moment because you could tell how much it meant to her. And there wasn't a dry eye no. in the house. I mean, that was i mean, that was a real powerful moment. The work you guys have done is incredible, and like some people have said, cancer picked the wrong people to mess with when it messed with the McCaffreys, and you've been fighting back. And Patrick, I look at Patrick, he stands as a symbol of hope. I mean, here he is playing yeah, Division One does. basketball. And, Tom, do you got anything? Fran, we know you got to get going. We appreciate you coming on. And um, um, good luck with this difficult stretch. It's going to be fun watching your team. But, you know, there's a lot more stuff in life than just basketball, and that's what we wanted to make sure we focused on today. Good luck,
9: Coach. Guys, can't thank you enough. Thanks for having me on. But more importantly, thanks for what you're doing for this fight. And uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, Fran. Thanks. Thank you, Coach. Take
3: care, guys. Yeah, I was thinking you had cancer. Don Patterson has talked about his. Yes, he's yeah. had cancer. I mean, yeah. it's everywhere.
2: Uh, I've had it twice.
3: And I agree with Fran. I think it's going to be like AIDS. I, th- I mean, AIDS now, you don't die of AIDS anymore, do you? You take medicine and you can live yeah. it, right? Yeah. I think that will if be you, the- can,
4: you still have to catch it kind of early. I mean, if you wait until... But the there is medicine, though, that can yeah. easily
3: control it. Yeah. And I did read something where they think they're going to have a cure for AIDS in like 10 years. But um, I could see a pill or something... Helping you with well, cancer. And, and
2: probably that will be what happens because, okay, you can't, uh, with cancer, there are so many different kinds no, of No, you cancer.
3: can stop it from spreading. I yeah. think masticizing is yeah. what the goal is, I would imagine. Yeah, you may not rid it from your system, but yeah. you can get it from attacking other organs and whatever. And no, Fran was right. Dick Vitale, I know he drives people crazy. But you're not going to find a man with a bigger heart than Dick Vitale. I mean, he... Well, you're
2: not going to find any... I mean, to have a personality like that, it draws... Yeah, he drives people crazy, and they watch him. And they watch him. Yeah. Diaper Dandy
3: and all the stuff yeah. he said over.
2: got T.O., baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you know him and you watch him, and he, yeah, he's yeah. genuine too. Yeah. What yes, you he see is.
3: is what you. He is not a phony. He does mean well, and I just think watching all these coaches come together to try to fight to f- try to find a cure for this thing. And I'll never forget Margaret's face when she was being. You could tell how much that meant to her when she was out on the court. I mean, she was crying. It was a real powerful moment, and they've had a lot to be proud of. They've done a lot of work and. They can speak from experience because their son and, well, Fran's two and parents,
4: of course, and sh- and you uh, guarantee you at that minute that's what she was thinking. About. Oh, without
3: question, and Fran's right. You got to take advantage. Of, I mean, I don't remember if my dad ever had a colonoscopy. I mean, it was they didn't really start doing no, them until they, the eighties no. and nineties. No, 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 yeah,
2: well, I don't, Yeah, pretty much eighties, nineties. So yeah, yeah we've got, got
3: to take advantage good, of yeah. what we have now. I've had one. I waited way too long to exactly. get my first one. Luckily. I didn't have any yeah, issues yeah, with it. I'll yeah. go for another one, not this coming spring, but the spring of 24. They want me to come back in three years since I waited so long to get my first one. But it's preventative. I mean, yeah.
9: preventative yeah. medicine. I've had is three. Big- but
2: sometimes you really do, and especially if you're 65 and older, you have to be your own advocate because the first thing, and you no, know, you know, doctors are seeing a lot of people and they're seeing them all the time. And the first and thing. And they sue some, probably cry wolf. They, but, you, and a lot of them do. And the first thing they told, well, they kept telling me, uh, and they did, uh, is it's your age. And it, it was it's if, kind of a weak if, answer. I'm not, yeah, I know I'm using they, hindsight here. Well, but. yeah, and I'm, you know, if they would have told me at the beginning, probably wouldn't have had to do 44. I don't know. Maybe I would have. Well, it was, an
4: hour, it was a year and a half later that you had to start treatment. If they had said at that point, you yeah. know, let's check your PSA. Yeah, you. Well, you just got to be your own advocate, and you got to yeah. yeah, get your blood tested.
3: once a year. Just get your blood tested once a year. That's
2: but something. be your own advocate.
3: Oh, I agree, and I'm doing safe now just because my insurance. I'm getting my blood tested every yeah. six months just to be extra safe. I mean. You might as well, because if you only wait six months in between, if something does happen, there hasn't been a lot of time for it to de- to develop. But no, That's I right. wanted to. I this was a fun. Con- I mean, I could talk to Fran about basketball or about that stuff. Of course, forever. I mean, he's yeah. he. But the work that he and Margaret have done, it's, it's it's incredible. It is. And they do. They're always so quick to acknowledge what they have around here, because we do have it pretty good, medicine wise. Whether it's UI hospitals, Mercy, there's some really okay. good. Medical people here,
2: but we are so fortunate to have, with the work he does, with the work that the Ferenses do, yes, with uh, the work that uh, Lisa uh, and her husband uh, they do a lot they do of do a lot um, of good stuff. They all yeah. make good money, but We've, they also yeah, yeah. use We've got their money some, for good stuff. We're very blessed to have the coaches. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, uh, people don't think about that when it's fire this guy. Now, let, okay, guy.
3: Now, but let's get back to what about the transfer portal.
4: What about that transfer portal, Hunter? What do you think of the transfer portal? Hunter doesn't like the transfer portal. I like it when it's coming in and not when it's going out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, Card. I agree with you. Well,
2: that statement yes. could be
3: that statement I, could be taken a lot of ways. For sure.
1: going out. Yeah, yeah. What happened to our poor girls last night? No defense. That other team seemed to be faster. Athleticism. No matter what they shot, they got it
3: in. They were more athletic, and Iowa doesn't play very good defense when they're against teams that are more athletic. And they
4: were shooting lights out. They were, because they were wide open. Yes, exactly.
3: They were wide open. Yeah, they just got to get better on defense, and they got to get something from their bench. Yeah. Well, and then
1: they were were boxing out better, and they were – when they missed the first time, they had two, three more chances.
3: Yeah, because they jump higher and they move laterally quicker. Caitlin now, was great. That
1: little number three, wasn't she from Rutgers?
3: Yes. yes. Port- she was good. Uh-huh. She was good. And I think they were okay with letting Caitlin shoot a lot of those. I, you know, give her her fifty. We're going to win this game. Yeah, but in fairness to Caitlin, she had to because nobody else was exactly. playing well.
1: Nobody else was. Hitting. She wasn't ball
3: hogging. She was just doing to try whatever she could to win the game. Monica didn't play well, but they got to get their defense. Their transition defense right now is just really yeah. struggling. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: oh, I, I, just I thought the first quarter went fine, but then yep. North Carolina State seemed to pick up on what they needed to do. Yeah. They're a good team. And then they, they went, went for it. Good yeah.
3: team, well coached from a good conference, and they're athletic. Very they have, athletic. They have everything that works against Iowa. Yes.
1: Yeah. We, we, there's quite a bit we need to work on to get up there to be number four again. Yeah.
3: That's, yeah. That's, I just. I, I think I you just worry about winning the next game. That yeah, number four ranking probably maybe did more harm than good. Yeah, right I, the rankings are just you know,
1: well, it puts a target on your back.
3: It does, no, it does. Because
1: everybody yeah. says okay, they think they're number four. We'll show them.
3: Well, what's Iowa now? Tenth. Yeah, yeah, they were tenth. Yeah. Yes. I mean, North Carolina State's twelfth or thirteenth. So you know, those are two pretty evenly matched teams. They just played better and they're way more athletic. Now, do I think they beat Iowa ten out of ten times? No. no. No, but they are a way more athletic team than Iowa. Yeah.
1: They were able just to sneak around, and, and some of their shots, I couldn't believe, they just went in. That, those little scoop ones they do underneath the basket. Yeah, no, they yeah. were a good, yeah,
4: that a good team. It was a good team. It was a good team that played well. Yes.
1: And what do you think is going to happen when we play Iowa State?
3: Men or women? Don't
1: Well, both.
3: They're both going to be really tough games. I mean, Iowa's got the home court advantage in both. I think that's going to be huge. I think the men have a better chance than the women. I do, too. For some reason. I think they both have a good chance. Don't get me wrong. But I think the men, I think the women face a taller. Well, women, but,
1: well, they have that. that she's dinner. really
3: good. Stephanie Suarez, she's really
1: they good. They probably should have beaten North Carolina, but.
3: Well, they didn't. I mean, they fell apart but, well,
1: they were, They were hit 17 points, and then all of a sudden they
3: just. Well, the other team's trying they to win, too. get the
1: ball in.
3: Yeah, and the other team's trying to win, too. North Carolina played really well during that stretch. But with Athlete Jones and Stephanie Suarez, Iowa State has two of the best players in the country. It's going to be a yeah. tough Tough game, fun game though. I'm looking forward to it. It's
1: gonna be a tough game. We're gonna be yelling again, and hopefully this time it'll well it'll Cate- help.
4: Caitlin can't do it by herself.
3: No, she can't no, score fifty percent no. of their points or more. They, no. they got. I mean, Caitlin needs to be somewhere between twenty and thirty in games. They Monica has to get them ten to twenty points of a game. I mean, she just what she had five last, How much did she have last? Her seven night? maybe. She had. I think. I think she had five points last night. She only took four shots. They can't win with Monica Cezano taking and four shots. And she
1: looks worn out. I mean, she really, her face got really red. You see she,
3: just, her,
4: she was getting beaten up last night by those two big gals they had in yeah. the middle.
3: Yeah, they weren't just fast and quick. NC State had some size and girth. Man,
4: a couple of those gals were just brutal in yeah. there. But that's,
3: those that's are those big athletic how they teams.
1: they learn how they learn how to play. They
4: probably
3: play with a lot of boys. Well, NC State's a, a kind of a poorer version of uh, South Carolina.
4: Yes. yes. And
3: if you're going to win anything big in women's basketball, you're going to have to beat teams like that at some point. But still, a lot of season left. No reason to panic. Nope. But nope. they've got some problems, and Lisa knows that. She'll address them. They've yeah, got three losses. She talked done.
1: about it last yeah. night.
3: <laughs> oh, Lisa was not happy. I mean, she... <laughs> I mean, Lisa's a very outgoing, happy-go-lucky coach. But when it's when there's time to be critical, I mean, she just said that she was very critical. Her team just did yeah, not play. Yeah, she
1: apologized. I apologized to the fans; they were great, but I apologized to them that we couldn't play better. She
3: did not like her team's defense. 81 points should be enough to win a game at home. Well,
1: well she th- thought getting away 94 was way. Different. Well, no, she
3: was not happy with the defense at all, and well, she, she shouldn't it. have been. No, she shouldn't have been. So they got to work on that. So. Okay, doke. Well, right. thanks, up, Thanks, Carn. Hi, Karen. God, I almost called her <laughs> Fran. All right, friend. <laughs> Karen, Fran, Carn, Fran—these one-syllable names. You know, Carn's two syllables. You no, know, this has been an action-packed show. <laughs> an action-packed. And I'm not even sure if we would have time to derail, would we? Oh, sure. Well, oh, well, we, that can happen instantly. Well, that's true. What am I saying? God, all it takes is one ring.
6: <laughs>
3: no, all but all it takes is one word. Woke. Woke. Well. <laughs> what about rigged and hoax? Scaravan. Scaravan. I like that one. I like Scaravan. What's your favorite one? Woke, rigged, hoax, or Scaravan? Or stop woke. the skeel or lock her up? <laughs>
2: oh, yeah,
3: woke. Woke? I, yeah, I, like I said, I was, yeah. accused, I was accused by a former Iowa football player the other day of being woke and that people in the state of Iowa don't want people like me around anymore. I blocked his ass. It pissed me off. Good for you. Yeah, and he's the younger brother of a really good former Iowa football player. And his other brother happens to be the coach at Drake, if you know who I'm talking about. It was just an uncalled. What are you talking about? Uh, Dusty DeVries. It was yeah. just an uncalled for a thing to say. To accuse me of being woke and say that people in this state, I've lived in this state for all my life, but one year. Been here longer so than I don't him. know why
4: woke would possibly be a bad thing. But
3: who are you to tell me what people in this state want? Just, I have every right to be in this state yeah. as much as he does. Yeah, it's just this. Is just. I'm so place sick place. of it. I'm now, just,
4: see, we went off the rails 30 seconds. Yeah,
3: but this is my this, fault. This is political discourse we're talking. <laughs> I was just, It pissed me off, though, when someone told well, me to, to leave my own state. Yeah, my goodbye. Was, my dad was born in this state in 1926, lived here all his life. And if, I don't know if he was woke. I mean, he'd tell someone to take that woke crap and shove it up there. You know what? He wouldn't take that crap. Okay,
2: the governor and a bunch of Republican governors are uh, uh, urging the president, you know, uh, to uh, uh, stop, uh, you know, forcing troops to be inoculated for COVID. You know, they shouldn't have to get the COVID shot. The
3: problem... What that is... I'm a medicine guy on these arguments. I trust the medical people. Okay, but... Maybe the, that means I'm... Whoa!
2: Okay, if you're going to go in the service, number one, they inoculate you for... For about for anything, which yes, they should. But if you're going to go in the service and you're going to have to go overseas, you're not going to get in the countries if you're not vaccinated. Which, yeah, I don't... I mean, it's hello? The mo- It just seems like a... the most ridiculous... It just seems like a weird hill to die on. I don't yeah. get it. I just don't get it. I, it's... It is odd. But yes. I mean... They're talking, I mean, they, you can't go, you, they can't go to any NATO nation, they can't go to the Afghanistan, won't let them in.
3: I don't know they what they're trying to prove yeah. by not getting vaxxed. I don't get it. I just don't get what the end game is. It's just to show that you're not going to be... So
4: that you're stronger than the federal government. So you can't yeah. let the
3: federal government yeah, run your life. a patriot
4: That doesn't right. like the federal government. I mean, Freedom.
3: I, just, I yeah. trust the federal government. I don't... I don't want the federal government in my life all the time, but if they tell me that I should probably get a vaccination, I'll do it. I'd rather have them tell me to do that than what to do with my kids and my sex life. You well, know?
2: They're, they're going to, uh, you know, we got to investigate. We're, we're oh, gonna, let them investigate. We're you know. going to investigate Fauci. We're going to investigate oh,
3: Let them. That's they want to waste all that money yeah. and time and waste money hurt and their time. political standing? Because, yeah. I mean, I just don't think a lot of anyway, the country. we got a call? Yeah. What if it's Fauci? Yeah. Well, Hi, Dr. Fauci. What if they're
2: not woke?
9: <laughs> uh, I, I, well, could I probably answered this, but if if an Iowa player is in the transfer portal, will they be able to play in the bowl game?
3: I've been asked that question, and I do, I don't believe be, so. I don't believe so. But don't quote me. This is such strange times, but. I mean, okay. when a guy claims he's leaving, then you go and plays in a bowl game. You're still in charge of his insurance. I, 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 I don't, don't think so. But I don't know if there's a written rule, though. I don't know. Oh, I have to look into this more. This is this portal stuff is crazy. But
4: do you want that? Player no, to I would for you? you. I don't think and so. If you're that player, would you want to play? I don't think so.
9: You know, I mean, no. no it, it's just a weird thing. You know, if they're really not is. taken by the time the bowl games played, you know, then they're well, they're kind of. Yeah, okay. no, it's weird. Hey,
3: let's yeah. run a screen pass to Ireland, but nobody block for him because he's leaving. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, I, it would not be a good situation. No, <laughs> you imagine yeah. that they run a screenplay and all the linemen just lay down, just <laughs> gets blown there, up. Here he is, hit him. No, it's this is just weird times, and you can tell from talking to Fran, he doesn't like it, but he no. knows that there's no turning back. You okay. got to figure out, and so far, I like the way Fran's done it. I do too. I think Rabracha has been a sure. great addition to the basketball team.
4: And he tried to get another big guy, and He's just tried getting get it he done. Tried hard,
3: but they couldn't nil. Oh. They, oh. they just couldn't compete nil wise.
9: Yeah. Oh, I, I'm a, a veteran, and uh, about getting shots. And if you want a, a quick war story, but when I went in the service, they had these guns that could shoot two or three things at the same time. Yeah. You just hold it up against your arm and boom, you're done. And nobody questioned it, but, you know, with all the controversy, the politics with this one, uh, it's it's just turned into really weird. It really has. I don't get it.
2: I just don't get it. It's weird. And again, if you're going to go in the service and you're going to serve overseas at... They
6: kind of won't let you in. They won't <laughs> no, let no, you in. No, yeah, the I'm not arguing. Not oh, good. no, we That's know not you're right. not arguing. No, yeah, no you're,
3: you're, you think the same way we do. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like a weird hill to die on. Something, yeah. by God, I'm not going to let the federal government tell me what to do. What but is.
2: I'm going to go in and <laughs> be under the command of the federal government. Yeah, I, it's just weird. Yeah.
6: yeah. yeah
3: okay. Okay. Right, well, thanks very Appreciate your, your call. Thank appreciate, you. And appreciate yeah. your service. Yeah, no, that's yep. I, I just don't. I'm so tired of that stuff. But, <laughs> I need some water. Let me get a drink. And, well, you, no, do
4: we have? Uh, do you have police reports? Are we reports? done? Are we, done? Are we, we done? Police reports. Yeah.
3: yeah, we can be done. We've done. We enough. We can be done. Been? We've done enough, guys. I don't have a third. Well, Souter was my third guest. Yes, yeah, I brought three guests here today. Yeah, <laughs> I, ch- I think there's better. I think there's better chance friends on our next show than Souter. <laughs> and two of the three of the guests were fantastic.
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, two of the three of the guests uh, probably uh, uh, bank
4: account is a little better than one of the guests uh, uh, this morning. Yes, that is also <laughs> true. Yeah, but I don't
3: think any of the three are hurting. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I wouldn't that's say any of the true. three are wondering where their next meal or their next vacation is coming from. Is where, where is your next vacation? <laughs> I don't what are you know. Thinking? What are you thinking though? What do you? I don't. Have, we don't about?
4: have anything scheduled. Till I think it, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what the next go to one. Maine.
3: We, you guys got to go to Maine. No, not <laughs> a chance. That's not you guys. No. Because it's not warm weather at casinos.
4: It's there's no, no draw for me.
3: Wow, really? And not had, much for Anne I've had people tell me they love their trips to Maine. Some of the best vacation they've ever had was to Maine. But that yeah, doesn't seem Anne like Anne might your enjoy
4: gig. it because of the seafood. She would like that yeah, I mean. aspect. of but it's yeah, Ames or it's Maine not does, does not of, seem
3: your the, gig. The, you see more of a. The, guy. Our
4: our next thing if it comes to pass would be to go to the Music City Bowl if the football team makes it. Okay, And if we have enough guys to field a team. How about Bermuda? <laughs> we got to have enough guys. How about
3: Bermuda? Would you ever go to Bermuda? That's uh, yes. where I, I want to go. Can that's you I'm imagine there.
2: if all the third stringers...
3: Bermuda's on my <laughs> bucket list. And they win. <laughs> I want to go to Bermuda. That's one place. I've I've heard it's not an easy place, though, to go vacation. That You have to go through a lot of red tape. It probably. But not. I would love to go to Bermuda. I've always been sort of intrigued by Bermuda. If
4: you want to go, they will let you go. thousand miles What if you, you get lost? Why, in the
3: triangle. Yeah. No right. one me, I'd get lost in the Bermuda Square. <laughs>
4: Hello.
3: Do you have a caller? Yeah.
5: Don Driscoll's on the seafood diet. Everything she sees, she eats. Uh,
3: I knew where yeah. it was going with that. That's yeah. up to you, Suter. Yeah,
4: Yeah. yeah no. Wow. No.
3: Suter's even raising the bar. No. no. Fake Ackerman's clearly, I mean, if he he may have to hit the portal to go somewhere to <laughs> get a rim yeah, shot.
2: We need callers from the portal. <laughs> is, is there one? That's your job be, to research that, it. That should be you, there Steve. There should be some callers we can get from the portal. <laughs> go back to some of the callers from the past would help. Maybe, you know, they've...
4: Paul Lynn.
3: Paul Lynn would great. Laugh. Paul Lynn made me laugh. I can't remember who he was, but he made me laugh. Where'd he go? Is he one of those guys that wanted money? No, no,
2: there's only one guy that wanted money. That was
3: the Indian Bill Collector. And
2: I really didn't handle it well.
3: Do <laughs> oh, you <gee>, imagine no. <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> Stunning.
2: But ABC was a good character, though. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've apologized.
6: My know? nephew just asked if you heard anything about either. Josh
3: Geddes, the former Michigan you know, offensive coordinator for Cade, might come to Iowa. That's another narrative that's out there. People have already got Brian it. fired and Josh Geddes hired. Yeah, and you know, I'm you never say never to anything, but I mean, I, I mean. The problem with this McNamara thing now, since some of these were right on this one, it's everything now is going to be looked at as gospel, and a lot of stuff's not going to come, come. Not going to gonna happen. Hello, uh,
4: hello.
2: Yeah. Uh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Enjoying the
8: show this morning. Well,
2: thank they, you. Uh, if memory serves, I think uh, didn't Deuce Hogan announce that he was leaving to Go to Kentucky before last year's bowl game. Yeah, I'll he, hang up. Yeah, get, yeah. He uh, announced uh, after
3: yeah. he he got at once. Kirk made that remark, <laughs> which made me laugh. Which was not a very nice remark. It was so anti-Kirk. I couldn't. He was trying to be funny, and he just.
4: <laughs> and unfortunately, Deuce is one of the forty percent who did get a soft landing, but he's not playing. No,
3: and Will Levis is now going to. It looks like he's declaring. It looks like he's declaring for the draft. I saw word well, He's a first round. Man, I didn't think he was first round draft material. But you remember the remark on top when Keith oh, yes, goes, sure. had we had to use Deuce Hogan, I probably would have stayed in Iowa City. You <laughs> that, know, seriously. That pissed off Deuce's mom on Facebook. As well,
4: it should have. It was
3: not a nice thing to no, say. But and he, he knew said, it. He apologized.
2: Yeah, but his. I think his first go to, and this is what I appreciate. He's sarcastic.
3: Oh, he's very sarcastic, but he normally doesn't tell jokes at the expense. He usually does it at the expense of himself. Yeah. This one was at the expense of a quarterback. I think that. And I think they knew the quarterback was unhappy. And yeah. I don't think Kirk, Kirk cared if he left. But this tells you about recruiting. Remember when Deuce committed to Iowa? Oh, my God. Oh,
4: it was huge. It was just
3: every recruit. This is just
4: program. This guy change. is a program. Changer. Life-altering. This yeah. is
3: life-altering. Yeah. Just yeah. go home and just count your blessings, people. The deuce is coming. Okay.
2: Farron said that, but we all laughed.
4: Oh, I laughed hard. (laughs) You didn't laugh? I I don't know. Not that I recall. No, I don't think I did. I laughed. Actually,
3: I laughed.
2: Because you're not laughing so much at Deuce Hogan. I'm just laughing at Kurt's attempted humor. (laughs) Yeah, you're laughing. And him saying, it. at a guy who
3: never says anything really no, wrong. No, yeah, he doesn't. Just one time, just yeah. going out way out of his comfort zone <laughs> and just dropping a bomb. <laughs> and then he did apologize for it the next time because I think yeah. he had to. I think he realized yeah. he had. To. But you well, know, I'm not going to hold that against yeah. Kirk. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's other things to worry about. I mean, they've got to fix this offense. I'm not convinced. We Brian's all
2: gonna... say things that we regret. Oh, without much. question. Like here's the lunch menus. Have, they, have you done those already song today? Of the day is coming up. Have you done all those? You've got all those still, that still that coming. No, that's
4: on the hay leg. So
3: we've had all this stuff we've so far, and you've still got that coming all in one morning. <laughs> all at once. And return <laughs> uh, of the mask.
4: He didn't even mention yeah, that. Yeah. All at one incredible.
3: See, I didn't realize. I forgot. We so we have Fran, Don, menus, and song of the week.
4: Fake Ackerman. Don't Fake Ack-
3: him. I mean, we all had that in one show. And we don't charge our people to listen to this. It's we, free. Need, we need a listener transfer. <laughs> what do you think the song of the week is?
2: <laughs> Something really bad.
3: Is it ever good?
2: Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. Well, it's because uh, Tommy is guiding it now.
3: What do you mean? Like, nope, that one's not going to pass Captain <laughs> Steve, so let's try a different one. Is that a guiding yep, it me Well, at yeah. least be in format. Well, you know? I've heard a few song yeah. of the weeks that don't. No, they
2: have. got to be in format now. We don't yeah. like
3: the uh, Ray Stevens, the Streak.
2: Yeah, that was not in no. format. No, Jesus Christ! What, what
3: if he wanted to do? Here comes the Judge, huh?
2: Why, Shorty Long? Yeah, that's a great song. That
3: is good. I, mm. I,
2: you don't like Here Comes the, by <laughs> the no. beloved
4: Shorty Long? Not even a little. No. Did no, you, sir. I, I I'm surprised. We, it's
3: that, a novelty song, and it did sucks. You? Did you see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions? I did not. Shorty Long. <laughs> <laughs> they had, um, what was Carly Simon, um, Judas Priest, Lionel Richie, Duran Duran. God, who else was that? Well, yeah.
4: one of those I would consider rock and roll. Yeah, and the
3: other one, Which would be Judas Priest. Of course. What yeah. would you call Duran Duran? Pop. And Crap. Crap. <laughs>
4: uh, not great, but they're the Pop. I would call them Pop.
0: I have the song of the week in my hands right now. What Uh-oh. is it? I mean, can't tell you. It's oh. sealed. It is a, he sent it to me. That's how good it is. Oh, Rather man. Rather than telling you and
2: then you downloading it,
0: he sends it. If he's going to buy CDs and send them to make our library bigger, I'm not going to stop him. <laughs> this is his payment. It's like he's buying ad time.
3: <laughs> is it a good song? Well, I like it?
0: Yeah, you might. You might. Hello? Favorite Grand grand song? Hungry Like Ashley Henson. <laughs>
4: That was funny. Oh, okay. You your hand on that one? All right. Yes.
0: No, not that.
4: All right. Thanks to Donnie <laughs> Patterson and Fran McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.
6: Happy Holidays. 1630.
8: This Michaels. For tonight, we'll look for clouds to hang around throughout most of the night, although some clearing towards dawn. A low in the upper teens. Blustery, though, with a wind advisory effect. We'll see gusts 40 to 45 miles an hour. For tomorrow, sunshine returns, but colder. A high near 30. Still some wind gusts at 30 miles an hour. Sunny and a little warmer Sunday. High low 40. That's your KCJJ forecast
7: currently 54 degrees. Sounds As a staff good. Illness and injury every day. You want to get your patients back on their feet quickly. I'm
1: Stacy Queen, the administrator at Bounce Back Facility at Windmill Manor. I welcome you to come tour Bounce Back with me. The Bounce Back Facility is one of the area's most complete rehabilitation centers with state of the art equipment. An award winning staff directed by Dr. Stan Matthew. Bounce Back really does have the tools for all therapies. Give your patients the best rehab possible. The Bounce Programs of Windmill Manor of online at windmillmanor.com.